Hey everyone, I'm Miranda Myers. And I'm Rebecca Down. And we're your hosts for Queerbait, a podcast dedicated to all things LGBTQ plus in Hollywood and beyond. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the internet's influence on your gayness. Wow, that's a big topic. Yeah, we're not going to delve into all the nuances of it, because <laughs> I get that it's a big topic, but that is the central theme. All right. Um, up first, of course, is going to be our news segment, and then we'll jump into the rest of it. So stay tuned. Becca, have you ever thought to yourself, I wish there was another gay hookup app for men? Oh, boy, did I. <laughs> oh, boy, do I wake up every morning and have that exact <laughs> thought, actually. Um, my first bit of news is that the Grinder creator launches a new gay app called Motto. Because apparently there's not enough gay hookup apps online already. Well, I mean, Grinder seemed to be doing what it needed to. So what does this one do that's different? This one is pitched as a new gay and queer matchmaking app, but that focuses on the hookup aspect, which really does feel like that is just what Grindr is. I was going to say. But the app from the founder of Grindr is available in New York City in Miami. Um, it has been for about two weeks now, um, but it's getting a little bit more traction. Motto is the first venture since he left Grindr in 2008, and the new app focuses on finding you the right people, not just the closest, on the quality of interactions, not the quantity, which is the difference. Okay. Can I say this guy might be a one-trick pony in the creator guy. world, huh? Yeah, I think <laughs> the more I hear about some of these apps, the more, like, these niche things are popular, like the guy who's currently dating Camila Cabello who famously dated Shawn Mendes and was also famously in Fifth she Harmony. She famously dated Shawn Mendes? She, wait, no, what? Don't confuse it. Camila Cabello's new boyfriend mm -hmm. is wealthy now for creating a dating app that's like Raya, which is for like famous celebrities, but specifically for Jewish famous celebrities. So if we're oh, talking like okay. one trick pony, like there is a niche for all of these things. Like it's uh -huh. not enough to be rich it. and a celebrity. You're rich Jewish and a celebrity. And his whole thing was, like, the culture behind it is important. Um, I get it. But this founder said that it provides a set of personalized people for the user to view, and they can decide to pursue interaction with someone in the group or not. And, quote, the vast majority of gay and queer people aren't satisfied with their online hookup and dating experiences. Motto's goal is to help you find someone you're into without frustration, reduce the amount of time you spend on hookup apps to just a few minutes a day, and bring together people in the physical world. Can he create one for women next? I don't know, but I always get a little frustrated reading this as if, like, women don't also That's what I'm use saying. apps. Yeah, yeah. like, um, women, of course, are going to be really interested, I think, in hookup, and we're, like, sexual creatures. So why don't we get to do stuff like this? I don't know. I think they think that, yeah, maybe they're not, like, physically sexual creatures, and that, like, women only care about the personality, but I assure you that that is not we true. are. <laughs> than we are and there are like a plethora of apps for gay men and there's more um but basically they said that we heard a lot of frustration and fatigue with the existing apps and they think that hookup culture needs a refresh the gay apps are good if you're just looking for someone close right now but the process is impersonal impersonal personal addictive repetitive and often toxic 
In many ways, Grindr defined hookup behavior and created a culture of immediate transactional sex. That works well for some people, but our community is very diverse in its approach to hookups and casual dating. We created Motto to rethink that paradigm to give people with different values another option. I Which mean, I, I appreciate th- where his head's at. Yeah, I also think it's funny that he's like, we defined dating culture with Grinder. And now we have to correct it. Yeah, no, it's it's true. But he was like, and now we're correcting it. Introducing motto, the personal experience, which is funny. Maybe you do need a founding father in every Yeah, I get it. I get it almost. He convinced me with those quotes. If you were a gay man, would you try motto? Yes. I think so. I, I would as well. I'd but try I try everything out there. Yeah, why not? It's free, right? You just download it on your phone. They did say that the goal, the goal was to have people on their phones less. They don't want hours on Motto. They just want minutes, which is interesting. It's like, like intense. It's like when they're like, this is the last app you'll ever use. Something like that. Which is a good, yeah, that's a good line. Is that Hinge's thing? Yeah. It is? Yeah. This is the last dating app you'll ever use. Something like that. I paraphrased a little, but I like that, though. I like it, too. And now, what about that first sip feeling? Whose slogan is that? Starbucks. <laughs> um, you have a piece of news. Yes, I do. Mine's a little bit in a different sphere, I think, entirely. We're going to dive into some politics because I'm sure you guys are aware the U.S. midterms were last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So lots of amazing stuff, I think, happened in these elections. But the most interesting is that it seems to me that we had somewhat of a rainbow wave across the country. Um, at least 340 LGBTQ plus candidates won their elections in the 2022 midterms, um, according to the LGBTQ Victory Institute, an organization that supports queer elected officials. The previous record in 2020 saw 336 out candidates win. Um, Tuesday's election also made history as the first time that LGBTQ plus candidates were on ballots in every state. California had the most out candidates of any state with 178, while Mississippi was the last among the 50 states with only one. In addition to out candidates in all 50 states and the District of Columbia, there were known LGBTQ plus candidates in the territories of Guam and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So, you know, I think we're, we've come a long way. Uh, LGBTQ plus people are winning office, and I think it's becoming a lot more common just to, like, see ourselves represented Especially in politics, I think, like to have a person of your own community in there, like helping make decisions. I think that's really big, especially for like human rights and things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think that it was interesting, maybe not surprising that California had the most. I think we have a lot of offices. We have a lot of we're the most populated state. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mississippi having the least also made sense to me. (laughs) Unfortunately, I feel like that just felt like right on par with what I was expecting from Mississippi. I think it's great, though, that we have them everywhere now, you know, like even in those really what we would usually think of as really dark red states, you know, we're getting representation everywhere. So I don't know. For the most part, I think we can think about this positively. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, was Mississippi, though, the one that had an issue with Lightyear, the Pixar movie? Was that the state where they're like, we've cut it out and we're not going to play it? It might be, but I don't 100% remember. I don't remember, and now that I've said it out loud, I feel like it might be Oklahoma. <laughs> because <laughs> Oklahoma... Be right too, yeah. yeah, every time we're reviewing news, it seems like the negative news always comes out of Oklahoma. There's another one today that we didn't read, um, but someone set fire to a LGBT donut shop in oh, Oklahoma. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, and I uh, sad news, and so that's kind of why we skipped it today, but it was out of Oklahoma, and I do think they were actually the ones who gave Pixar's Lightyear trouble for having one 
gay kiss that lasted less than two seconds yeah it wasn't even it was like point two yeah <laughs> but they had if it's more than mississippi then they had more than one elected official that's true that's awesome um moving on to the bulk of what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about the internet's influence and the internet's interests in gay culture perfect i'm so excited awesome if you're interested stay tuned to hear more what do you think contributed more to your current state of gayness reading fan fiction or using tumblr assuming that they don't go together (laughs) i was gonna say those are almost conjoined but i'm going to say using tumblr made you if i had to choose like this is a very controversial topic sure what makes you gayer (laughs) yeah why using tumblr um well i mean they go hand in hand but i would say the tumblr comes before the fan fiction and in case anyone doesn't know tumblr um i feel like you probably will but it's not nearly as popular as it used to be yeah it was this like bloggy website and i think blog is a fair way to say it where like anyone they were can called blogs. they were called blogs but i feel like it's not the way we think of modern blogs they were it's a mix sort of of twitter and instagram to me because i think a lot of people's like blogs or like websites that they created on twitter would be completely full of pictures but other people's could be completely full of text you also had like a retweet feature so yeah imagine like twitter and instagram together except it was really based upon community. So you would try to find people based on like a TV show you loved or if you really liked sports or if you really loved photography. So yeah, it was just really like community-based social media. I think if you weren't on Tumblr, and I was only briefly, was that the idea of community, like I get how the idea of like, oh, I'm into sports and I see sports, like that's what I see on Instagram or that's what I see on Twitter. Like the goal was to like really encourage interaction. Like they wanted people commenting. They wanted yeah. whatever. Like now so when you add a little Reddit in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a lot more commentary. There was a lot more writing. There was a lot of like interpersonal reaction or interactions with people where you would like type to them or message them or make groups that discuss things with frequency. Um and it lost popularity in 2018, really. Yes. And you know why. I know. It is because it was bought by Yahoo, who then promptly changed the rules of the platform. You could no longer post anything that was NSFW or not safe for work. The that idea had being, any type of adult content. Yes. You therefore could not post anything that was adult content, um, sexual in any manner, And this actually made people angry because the way they were categorizing uh, adult content included LGBT stuff. So, like, anything tagged with the word lesbian or gay or, like, whatever would be, like, shadow banned, which made people really mad because LGBTQ people loved the platform. Um, And when that happened, immediately, within a month, they had a drop in 30% of users. Immediately. all those gay people. And I think saying adult content really does seem like we're talking specifically about like porn or nudes. And I would, I will acknowledge openly that that was part of Tumblr, but a lot of Tumblr again, and those like community interactions would be like, I'm going to write a fictionalized version of Harry Potter. I'm going to write like a fan fiction and it will include scenes where like Hermione makes out with Ron and maybe they do a little more. 
And that immediately got wiped out as well because it's now like adult content because you talk about sex. Yes. So, of course, users did not like that. Um, I think Tumblr was home for a lot of people who, you know, were exploring those sides of themselves for the first time. And that it became a sort of safe haven. So the second it was like you no longer could participate in that. Yeah, it was just done for. Yeah, they were on the dunzo list as soon as that (laughs) happened. But you were on Tumblr. Yes. Is that actively what like drew you to Tumblr? Like the sense of community, but also the like, did it feel like a dark part of the web where you could like read about gay things? Um, a little bit, I think. I don't remember exactly how I got started with Tumblr, but yes, I do remember just like following blogs where they would like have pictures of girls kissing or like holding hands or whatever. And it was very just like entire blog spaces dedicated to that or whatever like it wasn't just like the one-off it would be like you could follow specifically that type of content so yeah i guess a little bit you wouldn't really go to facebook to look for that right like that wouldn't be on there yeah i get it i think one of the most impactful sentences i've read about gayness on the on the web and on the internet and with the advent of like social media is that LGBTQ youth aren't turned by that content. They don't, you don't turn gay. We joke about it, but that's not the point. (laughs) But that when they're discovering themselves, they seek out that content. Yeah, I think that's definitely um, true. It just makes you feel more comfortable with yourself, I think, to be able to know that like other people are viewing this as well and it makes other people feel good or to know like the conversation happening around it, especially with like fan fiction and things like oh other people thought that Hermione might be interested in Jenny or whatever I don't know yeah I think that overarchingly to me it was the idea of like Tumblr Tumblr specifically was probably one of the more I don't want to say kid-friendly spaces but I would say Tumblr was more kid-friendly than like Reddit still is you know what I mean to like find a community of like other teens or people in your vague age range with similar interests who did make it feel more like a safe space. And yeah. so as soon as they stripped that of Tumblr, as soon as they took that off, it was like, oh, this has absolutely no function for me anymore. Yeah, I also think it was just perfect for my generation or whatever, like a group of kids who really were, who had nowhere else to go. Like this conversation was not really happening on any other platform. I do think these days for like Gen Z or younger you have these like um, conversations about the LGBTQ community happening across the internet in many different spaces, or it's a lot more accepted or open or whatever. So back then, Tumblr really did feel like, oh, this was the place to go for that. Yeah, I get it. Is there anywhere else that you went? Because I think eventually, again, I wasn't like a huge Tumblr user, like I had one, but I never could really figure out how to get into it. And so seeking out that space on the internet I think I was in, I was very lucky, I think, to be a teen in, like, the golden age of, like, popular YouTubers. Like, now there's so many influencers. Um, But back when I was, like, 15, 16, 17, and seeking out that comfort and going through that stage, there was, like, a handful of, like, female gay YouTubers who were really popular. Mm -hmm. And if you knew them, if you knew them at the time, like, you knew everyone. Like, everyone knew those five people. Can you name one or two? 
just for posterity (laughs) just for posterity um stevie bobby and Allie hills who were a couple together for a long time what rosie and rosie who i didn't watch very thoroughly but i know they're huge as well huge um i feel like there was a whole group there like shannon something that i forgot her name who by the way we actually saw her name is shannon something i'm so sorry i don't remember um we saw her at a gay event that we went to with friends oh her yeah we actually saw like three gay youtubers there (laughs) in los angeles and that was crazy to me because like i don't know i feel like when i think of youtubers that i watched when i was like 16 they would have already been in their mid-20s maybe yeah and so now that i'm in my mid-20s i think they're too old for youtube that's not fair but that's what i think miranda i know well i'm just saying that i'm like i guess i feel at 25 like my dream would be to be one of those people for someone who's 16 that you like watch on the internet and you're like oh that person's so cool or like that makes me feel more confident about myself because yeah. like haven't we been there mm-hmm. um but it was crazy to like see those people still creating content like one of them was like vlogging and i thought that was crazy to be like <laughs> for sure i definitely remember i mean what year are you really specifically talking about i feel like i'm talking about like 2015 yeah like 2014 2015 okay just want to make that clear for our listeners but yeah around this era there definitely was just like a rise i think especially in those like i'm coming out videos on youtube and it was just that would be like a moment like if that was happening like those videos were garnering like tons of (laughs) views so they were incredibly popular and i know that if you ask people my age today i think you would find a lot of 20 somethings who were like yes i definitely watched those and that made me feel like more comfortable or it's at least like ingrained in my memory the rise of that kind of content um but yeah, definitely fan fiction for me also. That was your initial question, just like which... Yeah, what what more is the joke? Like what did it yeah. feel more? Fan fiction, we're both very much readers and very much into like TV and film yeah. and music. And so the idea of like Tumblr, which was an open space, or like fan fiction where you had to like actively seek out the fan fiction you wanted to be consuming. Well, it's interesting because I think I actually got my like internet start on fanfiction.net which does not exist anymore, I don't think. Hasn't existed for a while. Um, Archive of Our Own, which uh, our listeners might know of, is the more popular fanfiction site now. So if you're looking for Harry and Ron makeout sesh or like Teen Wolf Boys do whatever, you're going to go to Archive of Our Own. Or Wattpad, which is still huge. You could go to Wattpad, but Wattpad holds a lot of original works. Archive of Our Own is the big fanfiction one oh but fan fiction can exist as like original work like people still write fan fiction i don't know i haven't been on i don't have the app anymore <laughs> again that's what i'm saying there's like a of golden age still write fan fiction. yeah but there's like a golden age of consuming it in ter- terms of like how old you are when you consume it sure you know what i mean yes and so when i was consuming it at 17 18 wattpad was the place to be like people were writing those stories and updating it weekly they had a better schedule than we do for recording this podcast and writing is arguably harder yes um but i promise you archive of our own is the place to go to now i'll show you later all right all right well (laughs) (laughs) you could go to either one but you're saying that that was like the place to be yes and i want to make it clear how old i am which is why i brought up fanfiction.net and i think i was on fanfiction.net before tumblr even actually no way. So my initial answer might have been wrong. Well, who were you reading fan about? Like, give me a clear picture of what you were reading about on fanfiction.net. Was it just like, just like, oh, if Harry ended up with Hermione instead? Like, the question I'm posing is like, 
did you seek out gay content or did you stumble across people who were writing gay content and then no, you were like, oh, I think I mostly stumbled across it. So what were you on fanfiction.net for? I was reading Buffy fanfiction. And what was the one that like really stuck with you? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, show from the 90s, Becca's favorite show. Yes, thank you. Um, probably Buffy and Faith, but I don't remember the exact plot lines that I would have been reading. So you there. were seeking out Buffy and Faith? Because I'd already seen the show. Yes. They're not gay in the show. You're right. <laughs> Why would you answer that question is no, I wasn't seeking out because gay content. I don't content. remember the exact history now. Oh my goodness. Okay, so it sounds like you were looking up gay content a little bit. If you're looking up Buffy and Faith, that's gay content. Maybe I was like, did they actually do stuff? Because they imply stuff in the show. You know what? Maybe I did look it up. You did look it up. I can't say I didn't now that we've gone over the facts. And I actually feel like the fan fiction you talk about all the time is about Teen Wolf. Yes. I read a lot of Allison and Lydia, which are the two main girl characters of the show. Who are not together in the show. No. Did you seek that out? That I can believe you stumbled across. I think I did stumble across it because I think one of the people I already had followed on Tumblr wrote it. Oh, no way. Yeah. Just a random person on Tumblr. For a second, I received that as like a friend of yours wrote it. A Tumblr friend or something wrote it? Yeah, like someone that I had just already been following for a while for like other Teen Wolf content had been like, oh, I wrote this. But hers wasn't my favorite, actually. Like she introduced me to the idea of them. But yeah. Her sentence structure left a lot to be desired. She was not my favorite writer. Sadly. This is a lot from me, though. You know, we know all my deeps and darks, apparently, of my internet history. So we've heard about your YouTubers. Who else, like, introduced you really to, like, the gay internet? I don't know if that came from reading fanfiction, but I will openly admit I read fanfiction. And I realized I had good taste when all of the fanfiction I read is now becoming Netflix films. Oh, really? Yeah. You actually read those? Yeah. So a lot of like One Direction stuff. Yeah, One Direction stuff. Yeah, of course, (laughs) of course, of course. And for anyone out there who doesn't know, um, there was a very popular fan fiction story written by a girl who at the time was like 14 or 15. And what she did was she just took all the members of One Direction. So Harry Styles, Mm -hmm. Zayn, Louis, Liam, Niall, and she put them in this like fictional universe. And her star was Harry. Um, except he was called yeah i think he was just called harry yeah i thought he was yeah i think they all retained their names but they were all a little more like badass Mm -hmm. basically and he had like more tattoos and was like a player or whatever um and it was just like completely fictional and then netflix bought the rights to her story called after Mm -hmm. and they made it a netflix movie and actually they made two netflix movies off of that crazy based off a 15 year old behind her keyboard being like and then harry punched a wall well, it was so popular, you know, that was what the girls wanted. Yeah, and now, who's the actress? What's the other one that's coming out? Anne Hathaway. It's going to oh. star. Do you remember the name of the, that film? I do not, but it is, yeah. The plot is that Anne Hathaway is, like, a single mom, and then she gets together with, like, the pop star boy. Very, um, J-Lo's Marry Me, but different. But not <laughs> as good. Yeah. Um, but this new Anne Hathaway film that is also going to be a Netflix film was also based on a fan fiction written by, like, a 16-year-old girl mm-hmm. who was just writing about what would happen if a single mom met Harry Styles, um, kind of to the lore of Harry Styles being into older women, I think. <laughs> was that lore back then? Yeah, no, yeah, because back in his One Direction days, it was suspected that he dated Sh- Cheryl Lloyd. 
one of the judges who was like 30 something when he was like 19 or 20 what so it's always been i a thing. heard this rumor yeah wow you need to get on the internet crazy i wasn't into one direction back then i Even only crazier. became into one direction when they split up crazier actually you said you liked their last album yeah I, listen, I listened to their last album. Yeah, yeah you know that one pretty well we actually saw harry styles in yeah, concert just recently you know what that might be an interesting point really quickly diverging into that he we have talked about multiple times on this podcast did you feel like it was a safe space at that venue at that concert yeah what, i felt like it what made it feel safer than like a 21 pilots concert which by the way we also went to had a great time um i think you're just surrounded by a lot of women and i think women make me personally feel safer um but i don't know i just think knowing that these are people who are most likely lgbt because i think his fans you know um exude that (laughs) but yeah i think just knowing that most of the crowd is going to be accepting he's going to be at least like flaunting it a little bit which he didn't surprising there were no rainbow flags thrown on stage yeah i didn't know if they weren't thrown harry was clearly sick at our yeah. concert and i wondered if that like leaked into his enthusiasm and energy a little bit possibly but there's tell. always a rainbow flag that he flies that he runs around with um so yeah i think just the idea that you know the audience is going to be supportive means that like okay like we c- we're gonna be safe as an lgbt person here yeah i this might sound dumb and that's okay But I guess I didn't. I've considered the implications of, like, a famous person being an ally or being supportive Mm -hmm. or whatever. But it did genuinely feel like the people who were there really bought into the idea. Like, Harry's actual motto is treat people with kindness. Yeah. Um, He said that forever. He made it a song on his second album. He said, actually, in a recent interview that people started wearing that shirt to his concert back when the first album came out. Mm. like they thought it embodied him and then he like reflected it back basically he's like then i made it a song but it was already a thing that the fans were saying and so i think the embodiment of that like feels accurate to him as a person and i did feel like it tangibly felt like a nicer environment yeah then we saw billy eilish at the same forum the forum same venue at the forum and that was a different like feeling being there i think you know girls in general teenagers i think who are listening to music and going to concerts are usually pretty approachable but i think at harry styles concert we did have a lot of just like hanging out in the restroom line or like we're all gonna take pictures and can i take a picture of you guys or whatever so yeah i think there was a high energy too just because everyone's so excited yeah maybe it's a kind of crowd maybe it's literally what you're wearing a lot of like boas and sequins and cowboy hats and how are you going to be scary or mean wearing either of those things yeah um but i guess what i did feel like is that the people there had to have bought into what he stood for a little bit which is not to say that like billy eilish or 21 pilots are like worse people or meaner people but their whole personas are not like kindness and allyship Mm -hmm. and maybe that's why it felt different to me it was interesting i agree with you there so going back to fan fiction the idea that they were writing <laughs> harry styles this is like super aggressive guy working through his temper to problems, know where he is now to know how he's actually like as a 20 something year old yeah. is absolutely crazy because he just seems like such a nice fellow so i'm sorry but since this is a gay podcast mm-hmm. were you reading any larry fan fiction <sighs> no not really explain what that is please larry fan fi- i almost don't even want to feed in the larry fan fiction but i'll talk it. about it's it it's historical at this point. <laughs> also part of the lore and one direction back in their 
teenage to young 20s. Um, Harry Styles was in One Direction, and one of his bandmates, Louis Tomlinson, who actually had an album, Faith in the Future, drop on Friday, um, were very close together. As, like, friends, they were very close. Mm-hmm. Um, and because neither of them really ever, like, clarified their sexuality, and Harry has consistently said these, like, ambiguous things, um, people started romantically linking them together even though there was almost no actual evidence of that yeah it Um, was a huge thing i think they were questioned about it frequently and all the time like are you guys together are you guys together those two specifically because they were just good friends and i think the fans just in fan fiction put that on them and then it leaked into real life louis i think has directly addressed it right I think I remember him, like, tweeting out, like, Larry is not real, sh- shut up, basically. Yeah, Louis, who was always kind of known as the sassy one in the band, was like, please stop this. Yeah. So, I just had to ask, you know, on the topic of fan fiction. Um, I never read anything, really, that was about real people. It was all just, like, yeah, like, Teen Wolf or Harry Potter. Um, those were the big ones, I think, I remember when I was actively reading. Um but yeah, just just back to your question, I think that definitely, it doesn't make you gay, of course, but I think it just contributed to, you know, your sense of a community as a teenager, just yeah. to know other people are reading stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was just thinking again how it was like, to me, I wonder if everyone feels this way. We must all feel this way. At YouTube, when I was watching it, people specifically felt like the golden age of YouTube, mm-hmm. but that was also in the era of like Troy Sivan who is now, he was a YouTuber turned singer. He's now more of a singer. He's got songs with Ariana Grande, Casey Musgrave, some Grammy winners in there. Um, And he did a video that was like coming out and it was a really big deal. I remember. And I don't know if I think the average YouTuber making a coming out video now would like really matter. I think there's just a lot of um, awareness of the LGBTQ community that maybe your video of I'm coming out wouldn't seem as monumental right like the yeah like the golden age of being wary of your sexuality and feeling like i'm alone and this is this and this is going to be so hard for me was at a time when the people you watched on screen felt the exact same way like troy savon was so worried about it and i don't want him to be worried about it but the idea that it was like it was breaking news and that's also how it felt to me Mm -hmm. and i don't yeah that like wouldn't happen now it's easier well, maybe about it, like, to come out then. now because it's more welcoming as a society. Yeah. But it always course, feels like a big deal. Of course, we have tons of growth to still take part in as a country. But in the year that we're talking about, 2015, gay marriage was legalized that year, right? 2015? I thought it was legalized like 2008. In, in California, California. But I'm talking about the United States. I have no idea. 2015, I believe. But I'll double check before the episode's over. Um so just stating that I think that just signifies what a different time it was that, you know. I also think he's Australian as well. Oh, okay. I don't even think he's American. But you're absolutely right. It was legalized in 2015. And also, fun fact, it was legalized in June of 2015. Which, During as we gay know. Pride Month. That's right. Gay Pride Month. And what is Thank October? You. Gay History, History month. month. We actually have two months of the year dedicated to us. That's too many rights. <laughs> Take them away. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I think that you're absolutely right that it has legally and like as a society we've moved forward and progressed in that way that those videos like aren't as groundbreaking as they would have been. I mean, I think people are still going to support whoever is coming out and still going to be, you know, interested in your story. 
but yeah i don't think it's going to be as groundbreaking as it was back then yeah um especially maybe as a youtuber like it was kind of a bit we talked about kit connor last week the actor from uh heartstopper yeah um who came out and that was a big deal we talked about rebel wilson coming out yeah as well and she just had a child via surrogate tweets oh wow yeah she posted about that she actually came out on instagram too with a photo oh sorry yeah um tweet instagram same thing it's all the same thing it's basically tumblr (laughs) i'm just kidding um but yeah i guess thinking of it now do you think that you would have just as much fun on like tiktok as a teenager who was gay finding like how hard do you think it would be to like find the relatability in a short form content i know we didn't really dive into this but i actually want to say something i think that was really specific to tumblr is the community that was created there that was very tumblr specific like the use of tags or like if you ran into super hulock which was just this giant community doesn't need explaining now but maybe in the future um TikTok, I think, is great these days because it, your algorithm can really be specified to you personally. But I don't think you'll get those very specific, like, like that very specific culture that Tumblr seems to have given us back then. Yeah. And I don't know if this is fair to say, but maybe co- some of that comes from, like, we can still tag stuff. But when you're tagging stuff, you're probably doing it for the views, not for the community. So everything's yeah, like people gonna... would tag something and be an entire sentence. And yeah. you look in the tags to see, like, people's personal thoughts that maybe they, they're they hiding only for, you know, the people who pay attention or whatever. Which was crazy. Like, when do you ever do that now? You don't. You do, Now you tag, like, for you page, <laughs> FYP on everything, and then, like, hashtag funny, hashtag comedy. You're not like, going to see, like, hashtag I can't wait to lick this guy's chest because he's so freaking hot. That probably was a common hashtag. And it's not anymore. <laughs> it's gone now. And so I think in that way... I'm a little disappointed in the way that social media has grown to be, I don't know. Yeah, like TikTok and Instagram over YouTube and Tumblr. And I feel like maybe everyone feels that however they came up is the best way to come up. I also think I'm going to make one more judgment, possibly. I think there is an effort to become a content creator, to become famous with your um, creation, with your platform on TikTok or Instagram or wherever. On Tumblr, even if you were followed a lot, there was no fame that came with that. That was a huge thing people used to talk about all the time because it wasn't really connected to your real identity at all. There were people who I remember would be like, I have 100,000 followers on Tumblr and like that has literally gotten me nothing. There was never any like brand collaborations on Tumblr way back then. So I think there really was just like a focus on like wanting to put stuff out and like talking to people and engaging in a community like way without those like different motives yeah and i guess the same you could say for reddit now which like reddit clout doesn't really get you much of anything um but reddit i think is more for the cynical people and i think it skews a little older where i think tumblr genuinely was like a supporter like reddit is the stem child Mm -hmm. and tumblr was the humanities arts child where just like encouraged creative pursuits and like encourage just like talking about things and interacting with people and reddit is more like am i a bad person (laughs) (laughs) you are a bad person yes let's quickly analyze this um fun fact though i know i've said this a couple times so you've heard it and you're probably tired of me talking about it but lil nas x who released the song old town road as his first single um is one of few people who used reddit 
clout for anything he was like i waited until like i had a million followers on reddit Mm -hmm. and then i like linked this song and i got those followers really slowly over like five or six years just by like commenting on things and people would follow me and i waited that long to do that but that's like the only time i can like really point at something and be like reddit has churned out a benefit to having lots and lots of followers that's it i just thought i always thought that was interesting that from the get-go he really had a thing in mind he had a whole we know he's a little bit of a mastermind like taylor swift i think yeah they're very similar yeah (laughs) the music they make i i you know what i believe they'd be friends i don't know if they've ever gotten into in contact but this is my recommendation from someone who would clearly know if she went back to her country roots that'd be a lot of fun he doesn't even really like country, does he? Didn't no, you tell but, me that? Uh, no, but Old Town Road was country. Yes, I'm aware. She could have featured on that song. <laughs> <laughs> could have been good. Um, but I really think that's all that we have today. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed our basically deep dive into Tumblr culture. Yeah, um, into fan fiction. And enjoyed some of the news that we shared today. Hey, or at least that you learned something good. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, that is it for us today. It has been an honor and a pleasure. You can find us online at queerbaitclub.com queerbaitclub.com yep yep that's right i had to think about it i'm right you can also follow us on instagram at queerbaitclub and you can email us at queerbaitclub at gmail.com and if you do email us or dm us on instagram feel free to tell us your favorite fan fiction a topic that you would want to hear us talk about in the future um and a fun fact about our listeners who listen on spotify there's a question um that you can answer every time a new episode goes out um it's right under where you listen and you can vote and it'll tell you how everyone else votes um just for fun we try and keep it related to whatever we're doing um but we don't see a lot of clicks on that one yeah come on guys the community engagement yeah this is what it's for (laughs) we're creating a new tumblr for you um but that is all that we have for you today thank you so much for your time and we'll talk next week sounds good